This is Penned In, the podcast for all things bookish. My name is Anna Kate Meadler, and I'm here to help you find your next read. Welcome to Season 1, Episode 32 of Penned In. This week, I interviewed paranormal author John Olson about the writing life, the paranormal, and more. When did you know that you first wanted to be a writer? Well, it kind of came along with my my gathering of stories, which is what really got me into, I guess, the writing part came around seven years ago. My wife, I had just remarried and I'd spent 30 years gathering paranormal stories. I've interviewed people about their ghost stories and everything like that. And I was showing my wife all my stories that I collected and she asked what I was planning on doing. And I said, well, maybe I want to write a book someday. And, and she said, well, why don't you do it now? And she really helped me get going on the writing part. And after the first one, you know, I learned a lot and just kept going and I've got my sixth book coming out this year. And so that's, that's really how the writing part started for me. I've always loved writing, but as for publishing stuff like that, it really started about five, six years ago. What is your process for writing your books? So I go through, I'm always interviewing new people. So I'm always adding to my stack of stories. And so when I start a new book, I'll look for stories that are really kind of scary or catchy or a good theme. And then I'll start writing them out and getting the baseline for them and and the first draft. My wife, who's also my editor, will go through and help me pick which ones to put in the book out of that group. We'll kind of, uh, I guess, even them out and polish them up like you do most chapters and most books. And then out of those, I also will contact my illustrator and talk to her about what ones would make great pictures for the stories, which one she thinks that would be great for that. And then she ends up drawing up those stories and the sketches and we go from there and, and get them together. And so it's kind of a, it's turned into a yearly process of finding the stories that I want to do, you know, writing them in first person, evening them out, finding the right illustrations for them and, and going from there. How did you find your illustrator? So it is my wife's niece. She's 14 years old and I would call a prodigy. She is just, just fantastic. We were visiting, they live in the Boise area and we were visiting at one point and she was showing us, you know, her, her sketchbooks. And at the time I was looking for my first illustrator and I said, Hey, I'm like, I think she was only 12 at the time or something. And I said, how would you like to illustrate my books? And she was really excited. And so I've worked with her and it's, it's just been great because she's, she does such a fantastic job. How do you find the people that you're going to interview for your books? So I started interviewing people when I was around 17 or 18 years old. And it came from my own experiences, a little background. 
I grew up in a house that was built in 1883 originally. So it was really old. And I had experiences in that house growing up. And my parents did not like us talking about it outside of the home because they were afraid people were going to think we were crazy if we said our house was haunted. So I really didn't tell anybody. But by the time I was a teenager, I had friends visiting the house that had their own experiences. And I had to admit, yeah, I grew up in a haunted house. And what happened was before long, we'd be at parties or out on double dates and my friends would be like, oh, John grew up in a haunted house. Have him tell stories. So I would tell stories. And then before long, word got around and people started coming to me and telling me their stories. And it went from there to where I was hunting down people. You know, you would hear stories. Oh, this happened to my uncle's brother. And then I would spend time hunting down that person because it was important to me that I got it first person from the actual person that it happened to. And so in those first years, it was a lot harder to hunt people down. It wasn't as easy as it was now. But after my first book was published, a lot of people I put in the back of my books, my information and my website and tell people to contact me. And every year when a new book comes out, I have a ton more people that contact me. And that's how it's kind of grown. My first book is just the general area of Northern Utah, which is where I'm from. And every year it's kind of grown to where my last two books, I've had stories as far as Mexico and Canada of people contacting me. And then also doing podcasts like this one with you or, or other radio shows and podcasts. People hear about my stories or hear the stories that I tell and they feel comfortable contacting me and telling me their stories. So what is the creepiest experience that you've documented over the years? Oh, so probably one of my favorite and probably the creepiest is I was contacted by this gentleman who he reiterated over and over again that I'm not crazy. It's funny how many people that contact me, that's the first thing they say. And he'd never had a paranormal experience before, except for this one time. And he had come to Northern Utah to visit somebody and actually fell in love with the area because of the outdoors and he's an outdoorsman. And he went for a hike to this place called Mount Naomi. And it's, it's usually a day hike, but it's really high up. And he wanted to take his bedroll and spend the night. And he was going to go with a friend and the friend canceled the last moment, but he decided to go anyway. He was in his twenties. And when you're in your twenties and younger, you're invincible and you're not afraid of going and doing things alone. Well, he hiked. And then in the middle of the night, when it got dark, he put out his bedroll and had something to eat. And then he always had an old ratty book that he would take to read before he went to bed. And so he read that with his headlamp and fell asleep. And he woke up around 2, 2.30 in the morning. And he wasn't sure what had woken him up because he was a very heavy sleeper. All of a sudden, there started to be this whistle and didn't sound like a bird. And it, it was really, really strange whistle. And so he's putting on his shoes, trying to figure out where this is coming from. He's looking for his headlamp. And he gets hit in the chest with a rock about the size of a quarter, not really hard, but just kind of like to get his attention. It was at this point, he realized his headlamp still on his head. So he said he flipped it on and he looked to towards where the whistle was coming from. And he just froze because sitting on this rock pile was this creature, this little creature. It had green gray skin, old ratty clothes, and its features were really pointy. When he explained it, it sounded very similar to 
if you know Harry Potter, the, the goblins that run the bank, that's almost what it sounded like. And it was sitting on the rock. He's in shock looking at this thing. And all of a sudden he notices he's moving. It's moving its hand and he looks and this creature has his book in his hand. And he realizes that this thing has been close enough to steal the book from him in the middle of the night. He freaks out and runs, grabs all his stuff and runs for the trail, trips, dumps his stuff. And he said, as he's trying to gather his stuff again, the whistling starts again behind him. And he just freaks out. Obviously, he finally gets back to his truck and drives off. But he said, you know, the funny thing about it, about the story, because it seems very, you know, fantastical story. And, and that's part of why I love it. But he had no idea what it was. He didn't know. He says, I wasn't dreaming. You know, he says, I didn't, I don't even believe in most paranormal stuff. And after I talked to him, I started doing some research because I like to do research when somebody comes up, especially with something like this, that's so strange. And the Native Americans have a creature that they talk about that matches his description of the little creature exactly in their folklore. These little creatures live in the forest. They're really nasty. They like to steal things. They'll throw rocks at you. They'll shoot arrows at you. And it's funny how sometimes when somebody will tell me a story and I'll do some research that there is some sort of history that falls under that. I don't get a lot of super weird ones like that, but that's one of my favorite just because it's so far kind of out there, but, and yet creepy and, and fun and, and something you don't normally hear. So. I know you mentioned you've had your own experiences with haunted houses. Can you talk about any of those experiences? Yeah. So I have an, an older sister and a younger brother and some of the first things that we remember talking about is the heavy boot steps on the stairs that you could hear all the time. And because of that, and because you're a little kid and you're trying to put names to things, we named it the stair monster because, you know, as little kids, that's what you kind of name it. You come up with a name. And so there were oftentimes heavy footsteps that would went up and down. A lot of times we had toys that would go missing and which you might think, well, that's, you know, kind of normal for kids, but I'll give you an example. I remember I was really little. It was one of my first memories. And I had a little metal airplane that I was playing with and I'd been playing with it. And I went in the kitchen, get a drink. And I set the, the airplane on the counter and I turned around and got a drink. And when I turned around to pick up my airplane, it was gone. But in its place was an old cap gun. And I picked it up and I took it to my mom and showed her and told her what happened. And she looked at it and it was actually a cap gun from the 1920s, an old cap gun. And she, she just kind of shrugged it off and told me to go play with my new cap gun now. But there were things that would go missing and sometimes they'd come back or something would show up in its place. There were a few times, for example, I remember I was around eight years old and I came home from school. And my mom wasn't home at the time. So I made myself a sandwich and I went into the front room and I was about to turn the TV on and I saw some movement out of the corner of my eye. And I looked and standing in the doorway was this really tall man with a wide brimmed hat. He had a white shirt and overalls, but I could see through him. He's a very skinny guy. And he walked in and he sat in the rocking chair directly across from me and started rocking back and forth. 
And I remember I closed my eyes and I counted to 10 and I opened them and he was gone, but the chair was still rocking back and forth. So I jumped up and I ran out to the front porch until my mom got home. So that one stands out quite a bit to me as a kid. So have you and your wife experienced anything recently paranormal? Yeah. So my parents still live in the same house. And about a year and a half ago, my wife and I moved back because my mom's on hospice and we're, we're taking care of my parents. And we've had several experiences. Just yesterday, she's made her office upstairs because she works from home. And she had her office upstairs that I made. And she has her cats up there that stays with her. And she was just working away. And all of a sudden, she heard heavy boots run from one room to the other right past her and then to the wall and she's like oh did i actually hear that and she looked down at the cat and the cat had stood up and the cat's tail was puffy and it was on on its nails and it had heard the boot steps too but there was absolutely nothing there but i definitely gave her a little bit of a fright so i am kind of switching gears a little bit here but what is the hardest part of the writing process for you I think the hardest part for me is the cleaning up part. I'm really great at the first draft, I guess you could say, and getting it down. I'm going to kind of spill kind of a trick that I have that I learned. I don't know if you've ever heard of Grammarly or not before. That has saved my life a ton because it helps me clean it up before I give it to my editor. Makes me look a little bit better that it cleans up just the simple things that I miss, which is great. But I think that's probably one of the hardest things is is the final touches, because I find no matter how many times I go over it, I'll find something like I could go over it a hundred times myself and find something every time. So that's definitely one of the harder things. I believe you have your own podcast that kind of discusses the paranormal. Could you talk maybe a little bit about that? Yeah. So I started a, a podcast a little bit ago, me and my wife, and sometimes my son, depending upon their schedule, we sit down, we choose a topic It can be time slips, it can be glitches in the matrix, it can be ghosts or an area about ghosts, Bigfoot. And we just sit down and I tell some of the stories that I have about that. We talk about the history and some possible explanations. Because I've been doing this for so long, I just have a lot of knowledge about different things. Because if I have a story that somebody gives me, I'll just dive in and learn everything I can about it in the history. And I thought, It might be fun to be able to do a podcast and let people listen and touch base with some of the stories that I have about all these different things. So we we do two podcasts a week and we just kind of pick a topic and some of our listeners suggest topics and, and we just go through them. Do you share any of your podcast clips at the, I believe you do the Bridgerland Paranormal Expo? Yeah, Para-X. So yeah, last year was an inaugural one. And it went really well. I have speakers come from all over, people that I've met, other authors and podcasters and a few TV personalities that come out. So yeah, we we just um, have speakers. We have booths that people come and sell things and we have fun activities. You know, there's stuff for everybody in the family. If you love Halloween, if you like the paranormal, it's in Logan, Utah. And this year it's October 14th and 15th. So it's right there, right before Halloween. So it's kind of a great way for everybody to kick off Halloween and, and get excited about the that time of year. Because you have so many experiences with the paranormal, is Halloween your favorite holiday? It, it really is. I do love Halloween. And it's funny, I had somebody ask me that too. And I said, yeah. And I said, oddly enough, 
because of what I do, it always feels like Halloween. It's almost like I love Halloween because everybody else joins me, kind of if, it may, if that makes sense. I'm living in Halloween, but in October, everybody else turns around and, and joins me in, in the Halloween. Do you ever watch horror movies and read scary stories, or do you tend to avoid those because you spend so much time with it? I, I like to read scary stories. And, you know, I'll watch scary movies and stuff. It's funny. My daughter, I used to watch with my daughter and, and she's like, well, why doesn't these ever scare you? And I would kind of laugh and say, when you grow up in a haunted house, it's hard for you to get scared out of a movie. But, you know, I do like some of them. They're pretty fun. So, and I do, I always enjoy reading about them. What are some of your favorite things or books to read? So I just finished one that was called dark matter i don't know if you've heard of that one or not you hate to talk about it because you don't want to ruin anything about it but it's kind of got something to do with parallel universes and stuff and and that seems to have been like a really big i don't know what you would call it but it seems to pop up a lot in popular culture right now the parallel universe thing so i found that one really fascinating and then i also read different ones about i just started reading again and one that's called, it's got such a long name, but it's about this guy did research about giants that used to live supposedly in, in America and how the Smithsonian has tried to hide, in his opinion, hide the fact that there were giants here. And, and he does some pretty cool things with some old newspaper clippings of people who found the bones of giants and burial places of giants. And he documents it all. And, and so that was a pretty good one too, I've been reading. Then aside from writing and reading, what are some of your other hobbies that you like to do? Because I grew up in northern Utah near the wilderness, I do a lot of hiking and, and fishing and outdoor stuff with my my family and my kids. And we do a lot of boating too. And and so it's mostly outdoor things and then movies. My wife and I are just absolutely love movies. So we do that as much as we possibly can too. How do you find the time to manage running your podcast and then spending time with your family as well as writing and marketing your books? It's, it's tough, but you know, somebody, you know, somebody once said, and I'm sure you've heard it, that if you do what you love, you'll never work a day of your life. I go to bed oftentimes just exhausted because I've been working all day, but it doesn't feel like it because it's something I want to do and it's fun, you know, whether I ever reach that plateau of some famous authors or not that that would be great but I, I'm realistic in knowing that you do this out of the love of it you, you do out of the love of reading and writing and so it just it, it's it's just time management you just got to do time management and sometimes that means you jump around a lot from going to help family going to do this with the kids back to writing back to studying back to all of it it seems to all balance out and I realize we are coming up like six minutes away from the end of time. I just want to thank you again for coming on to the podcast and then obviously commenting on my own TikTok, reaching out to authors. Yeah. It's really nice talking yeah. to you. Yeah. It's, it was a lot of fun. I, I appreciate any time I can get to, to talk to other writers and other people. It's, it's fun and it's good practice for whatever you're trying to do. And so I appreciate you inviting me on. Want to learn more? You can find John Olson's website linked in the description below, along with a link to purchase his latest book, Stranger Paranormal. And that's all for this week. As always, thank you guys so much for listening in, and make sure to subscribe on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. (music) 